Hey guys, Michael Miller with Upper Room. Thanks for tuning in to this week's installment Upper Room Dallas podcast. We uh, honor fathers this week. Uh, we honor the role of a father, fatherhood, the purpose of it. Uh, I think this will be encouraging if you're a father, but it will also be encouraging for all sons and daughters, especially those that may not have had the best of father. Uh, we take time just to uh, see our creator, God the Father, as the perfect father. Um, so come on to him today. As you listen to this, I pray that you are uh, encouraged. Thanks for coming. Jesus you, buddy. Amen. Hey, um, we also uh, closed on our building on Friday, which is really good news. Uh, uh, we, we have a property at 1910 Wall Street, which is just south of the Jack Evans Police Headquarters, um, south of downtown. It's... It's an awesome location. It's a longing fulfilled. Um, just lots of cool stuff that is happening and has happened to get us into that. So if you gave in any way, shape, or form, prayed in any way, shape, or form, I just wanted to say thank you. We do have a ways to go. We still need to raise more money. And then also we're gonna start renovations. So they've demoed a portion of it where the parking garage will go. And uh, then we're gonna work on the sanctuary side, which will probably be phase one, and then we'll do the offices and classrooms and different things like that, um, phase two. So that's really exciting. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think early early 2022, spring 2022, maybe a year from now or so, um, I hope to, to, to be in there and we'll, we'll double our capacity. So that's really rocking. Um, hey, I really want to encourage you if you're coming to the upper room on a regular basis. I know sometimes on Sunday night, especially we go till uh, 6, 630, uh, but hang around for the word. If you're just kind of singing songs and sitting in the holy hot tub, but you're not getting fed the word of God, you're being tossed to and fro. You've got to have the word. And so... If you don't like my preaching, find some preaching that you like. If our worship's too long that you can't hang out for the preaching, then find worship that's shorter so you can hang out for the preaching. Does that make sense? So I'm, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir because there's some people that jetted and I get it's an hour and a half and sometimes it's Father's Day and you gotta be places, but I love you too much to not tell you hard things. And, uh, and so um, I just want you to know that, like the word is for you. Uh, the first hour, hour and a half is for him, but this portion is for you. You need the word of God. You need to eat it every day. You need to be taught it. You need to be trained in it. You need to be equipped with it. The word of God is uh, our, our, our life source. And so again, um, there's tons of preachers in this city. Find one you love and sit underneath him. And I know most of you guys, I feel, again, I'm like preaching to the choir, but, but I do know we're very transient and have become a cool hipster spot. And I'm mindful of that. I'm, I thank God that there's people that come here all the time to be refreshed and refilled. But um, the word of God is so crucial for you. And uh, I just wanna admonish you to get in the word daily. Eat this bread, eat it. It's good for you. Dead seer. It's like honey. Song Solomon says, your word is like kisses. It's like honey to my lips. And so let's get in the word. Let's be people of the word. Let's be creatures of the word. Um, 
So speaking of, if you would turn to Ephesians chapter three, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I wanna honor fathers. We're gonna talk about fatherhood in a day and age where I feel there's an assault upon the nuclear family. Uh, you need to know that family was not our idea. Family was not created by us. Family was given to us by God. Uh, it started with marriage. It started with a man and a woman. It says, for this reason, a man shall leave his woman. So men start pursuing women. That's what that means. Men pursue women. A man leaves his father and mother and he cleaves to uh, his wife. And the two become one in flesh. That's the institution of family. It's the first step in a family becoming a family. But from a husband and wife, you get a mother and father. So actually, in our culture, I need to take even a step back, back, back. From the beginning, when God created man and woman, there's two distinct sexes. There's men and women that are given identities by God. God has given you your identity, your gender, but it, I mean, gender is a massive part of it, your sexuality, how you're made, you're made fearfully and wonderfully. Everyone look at someone and say, you're wonderfully made. And you were created by a creator. And that creator designed you with features. He designed you with organs and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So he made male and female and then he took male and female and he said, male, you're gonna leave your family, mother and father, you're gonna leave them and you're gonna cleave to someone of the opposite sex and you will have husband and wife. And then husband and wife will become one in flesh. What is one in flesh? Literally, if you're one in flesh. Me and my wife are one in flesh and we have the fruit of that and that our flesh made one flesh, and there's four kids with the last name Miller. So it all started with me being designed as a man, me pursuing my wife. We stood before God and our friends. We made covenant, and the foundation of our home was established, and then we did things that married people do, and because of that covenant, now procreation, we have four people that have our flesh literally. And so we have a special day in our nation and it's called Father's Day. And it comes through that process. And I feel like the process I just laid out to you is under assault right now culturally. And I want to uphold, I want to esteem, I want to celebrate fathers in our house. I want to celebrate the masculine spirit and role that you play, not only in your, in society, not only in the church, but in family. And I realize there's a lot of young single guys in this room that have a lot of potential, but don't check out on me because I believe we were all designed to be fathers and mothers. Whether you have physical children or not, I believe it's innate to who you were created in the image of, you are called to bear the image of the father. You are called to bear the image of God as a mother, which I think is the Holy Ghost in many respects. Not that, don't, you know what I'm saying. Am I making sense? In Ephesians chapter three, Paul is 
is laying out what I'm talking about. It's, it's a beautiful text, and it's probably one that you probably skim by or skim through rather quickly. And, uh, and in it, Ephesians 3, verse 14, it says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the what? Before the Father. So this is Paul saying, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now, this is, I think, Paul's form of the Lord's Prayer. When the disciples said, teach us to pray, do you remember what Jesus said? It was his first... uh, it was the first words of the Lord's prayer. What is it? Our who art in. Okay. So, so Jesus, like (laughs) Jesus kind of shattered people's paradigm of God because until Jesus came to the earth, God, the father was not a known revelation, but the primary way Jesus revealed God is God as a father. In John 17, 6, and then at the end of John 17, he says, I have manifested to them the name, the name of God. And that name is God as a father. He had a mission to reveal the father through his life, through his words, through his example. He, the son, in relationship with the father. It's like such a mysterious thing. It's a beautiful thing. But the original design is they were in family and they longed for you to be in the family with them. And so Jesus came revealing the father. And so when the disciples asked how to pray, he said, pray our father who art in heaven. So Paul in an apostolic prayer here in Ephesians chapter three, verse 14 and 15 says this, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father, our father from whom every family. So this word for family in the Greek, it's patria. Everyone say patria. It's where we get the, the, it's where we get the word patriarch or paternity. Like Oscar Gamboa, his wife just had a baby, so he's on paternal leave. What's paternal leave? It's when the father steps away from his job to help the wife. Now, if the wife worked here, like Sarah, Sarah currently, you had a baby about five weeks ago, and she is my assistant, but she's been on maternal leave. So maternal, paternal. So this is where we get the word paternal or father. So read this again. For this reason, I bow my knees before the father in heaven, from whom every patria, every father in heaven and on earth derives its name. What's the point? The point is that every earthly father derives their identity, their purpose from the father in heaven. It also says this, that every family derives its identity from the father in heaven. So to the degree that your father measured up with this is to the degree that you understand God as a father until you know him personally. Because Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We love that text. 
but it says no one can come to the who? The Father, except through me. So Jesus' goal was to be the way, the truth, and the life so that you could come to the Father. It, it was to, to connect you to the family that you had been cut off from because of sin. Now, sin has been prevalent in, in all of our families to some extent, so we all have a distorted picture of the father because of our earthly father. We all have two fathers in this room. We have an earthly father and then we have a heavenly father. Our earthly father, our heavenly father is perfect. Amen. Our heavenly father is perfect. Our earthly fathers are not. And I honored my father today. He sat right over here and I honored him. He, he is, I mean, I hit the jackpot when it comes to dads. Like in the, in the family lottery, I won. I just did. And the older I get, the more I'm aware of that. And I am grateful, but my father was still imperfect, as amazing as he was. He was still imperfect. And the issue is that your earthly father, as commissioned in the garden, was to extend the image of God to the earth or to mankind, but specifically to their kids. And so this is how it played out in my world. Like my image of God was directly related to my image, the image of my earthly father. And as perfect as my earthly father was, the image that I got is that God in heaven is so perfect and so right, I can't do wrong. <laughs> I never saw my dad do wrong, except there was one time. When I let go, I was swinging a seven iron in my house and I let go of it. And I remember the seven iron was stuck in the ceiling and we were all looking at it and I didn't know my dad was home and he came out and he said things he shouldn't have said. I still remember that. And I was like, oh, oh, you, yeah, that was 30 plus years ago. But my dad lived, he was a righteous man, like he was. But what was so hard for me is when I saw my short fallings and shortcomings, I didn't know what to do with them. So I suppressed them. I hid them. And so self-righteousness ensued in my life. And I attempted to do things for God in order to earn his love. And I don't think my father meant to project that upon me, but it's just something that I processed internally as a kid growing up that had a dad that I just never really saw do wrong. So that's how it played out in my life. I don't know how it played out in yours, but it plays out some way, shape, or form. And the Holy Spirit in his mercies and his grace begins to restore us as sons and daughters by putting a spirit inside of you when you're born again that cries out, Daddy. Daddy. And for all the things that your father wasn't, your God is, your earthly father wasn't, your heavenly father is. And what I'm so grateful for is where I saw eventually that my dad was imperfect and that my dad had shortcomings and those shortcomings impacted me. It then led me to my heavenly father who loved me through those things and restored my soul. He healed my daddy wound. And we all have daddy wounds in this place. But the Lord wants to heal those wounds. Amen?
can you just put your hand on your heart? I just want to say, Holy Spirit, where we have where we have a twisted perspective of you as a father, we invite you into those places tonight. Lord, for young people specifically, where there's been where they're disjointed and disconnected, Lord, from this word, Father, I pray that you would start to renew their minds around this word. That how their fathers on earth imperfectly represented you, you being the perfect father, that you would begin reconciling our understanding of you as a good, loving, faithful father. Where our fathers didn't protect us, Lord, you are a protector. Where our fathers didn't provide for us, you are a provider. Where our fathers weren't present, God, you are ever present. Where our fathers, Lord Jesus, didn't fulfill their promises, you, Lord Jesus, fulfill every promise that you've spoken to us. Lord Jesus, you are faithful where our fathers weren't, where there's been immorality, where there's been infidelity, where there's been divorce, where there's been fractures in marriages, oh God. You run towards those places. You don't run from them. You are the great reconciler. You are the great healer. You are the great deliverer. You are the great one. You are not like us. Jesus, you said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more my Father in heaven who is perfect would he give you the Holy Spirit. And that is the spirit that cries out, Abba. It is the spirit of adoption. It's the spirit, Lord, that secures us. It's the spirit that when we went wayward, when we were in the pigsty, when we were cut off from all that we needed, you, Father of heavenly lights, were beaming forth into our darkness, beckoning us home. Come home. Come to the porch. Come to the Father's house. Come to the place where you can receive a love that you've not known. Oh, I declare, Lord, that every orphan spirit in this room would be severed from hearts in Jesus' name. That you, God, birthed us into families. That we are sons and daughters of a perfect Father who is in heaven, who sees us and knows the number of hairs on our heads. You have not failed us. You will not fail us. Even when it feels like you have, I declare in faith that you're not finished. In Jesus' name, Lord, we love you. We bless you. We honor you. We love you, Father. You've been grafted into a new bloodline where you have been impacted by your natural bloodline. Um, generational sins are real. Generational curses are real. What, what does that mean? It means the actions of my fathers impact me today until you get born again. As sons and daughters of God, you've been grafted into a new bloodline, a new lineage. And some of us, just to get above the fray, we've got to renew our minds and really believe this. You see it happen with disease. You see a cancer can be passed down. 
Diabetes can be passed down. There's hereditary diseases that impact bodies, but there's hereditary diseases that impact souls. There's hereditary diseases that impact marriages. There's hereditary diseases that impact behaviors, addictions. But the beauty of the cross, according to the Old Testament, is that anything that's hung on a tree is considered a curse which means Jesus Christ and the power of the cross took every curse in this room and he nailed it to a tree. He did what you could not do. You are in bondage to the sins of your fathers, 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 fathers. Some dude you didn't even know could impact you today until Jesus showed up on the scene. This is hope, man. What has been passed on to you through the cross, it has generational impact, not just because of what you're breaking, but because of what you're going to pass on. You're not a victim to a broken home. You're not a victim to an alcoholic dad. You're not a victim to a marriage that fell apart. You're not a victim to a mom or dad that were abusive. I can boldly say that because Jesus Christ took that on for you. It doesn't mean that he's not like lamenting and broken and grieving with you. It just means that it's not your plight. He will pick you up and say, come with me. I'm going to take you to places I, only I can. I'm going to give you things only I can. And a massive part of that is a new lineage. It's a new bloodline. Come on, I'm preaching to someone. You may have had the best dad in the world like me, or you may have had a deadbeat dad, but the common denominator now for those that are born again is we have a perfect father in heaven. It's the common thread that your earthly father doesn't have to define your heavenly father, that the Holy Ghost can renew your mind in the revelation of this word, father. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Philip said, show me the father. It would be enough. Jesus said, have you seen me? If you've seen me, you've seen him. The words I say, the things I do, they bear witness to who he is. Do you want to know what your heavenly father's like? Look at Jesus. Loving and kind, merciful and good. Bring me the prostitute. Bring me the adulterer. Bring me the sinner. Bring me the sick. The prodigal father on the porch. The good shepherd looking for the one. The widow searching the house for the lost coin. These are images of what your dad is like. Oh, how great a love has the father lavished on us that we would be called sons of God. Yes, we are. 
Oh, the world does not know us because the world did not know him. But you do. Come on. I'm not going to let some cultural narrative hijack an ancient reality. And it's that you and I are the family of God. We are the family of God. Not because of anything that we've done, but because of what he's done and invited us into. There's power in this, especially for some of you that come from broken families. For some of you that Father's Day is just challenging. Every day is Father's Day in the kingdom. Fatherlessness today is a curse on our land. Malachi 4.6 says, I'm going to send the spirit of Elijah. What's the spirit of Elijah? It's a forerunner spirit. John the Baptist walked in it. I think a generation is emerging in it now, but one of the effects of it is that he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the hearts of the sons. And the hearts of the sons to the hearts of the father. But you know, it doesn't end there. The last words in the book of Malachi, it says, so that, this is restoring the hearts of the fathers to children, hearts of children to their fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. The last word in the Old Testament is curse. And it's a curse because of fatherlessness. And I believe the coming move of God must be marked by fathers turning to children and children turning to fathers. But I believe we're seeing the fruits of a curse emerge on our land because of fatherlessness. Fatherlessness is a pandemic right now. I can give you statistics. I'm not going to. I can just... Teen pregnancy, criminal system, justice system... Unemployment, poverty rates, STD rates, emotional health. I just walk you through, connect them all to people that came from a home without a father. So one of the things that I want to just, are y'all okay? I'm in a good mood, really. I know I'm intense right now, but I just feel the sobriety of this subject. Um, I didn't feel like I really hit it this morning. I kind of danced around it, and so I really wanted to just make sure I get it this weekend. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you have the most powerful source in the universe living inside of you. And he, he empowers you into a life that you could not live in your own strength and your own flesh. Um, and one of the things that I want to challenge us in tonight is Ephesians chapter 6, 1, 2, and 3. So if you have Bibles, flip over to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3.
Paul is going to uphold the position of fatherhood in the culture of Ephesus. He's not necessarily speaking about fathers. He's speaking about the position of fatherhood. He's going to uphold it. He's going to uphold it by pulling into the New Testament an Old Testament commandment. He pulls Exodus 20, 12 into Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. And he's speaking to children. He says, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So attached to this commandment is a promise, meaning if you do this, this will happen. It's cause and effect. If you do A, B will happen. So A is honor your father and mother. The effect or the promise or the blessing is so that it may be well with you and that you will live a long life. <laughs> That's a pretty significant promise. Like, I don't know about you, but if I get to the end of my days and someone goes, like they're burying me and they're like, Miller, he lived a long life and it went well with him. Like to me, that's just a big check. Thank you, God. It went well with me and I lived long. <laughs> like that's a good way to view your life. Lord, I want it to go well with me all of my days and I want my days to be many. What does it mean for it to go well with you? I don't know. But if God's defining it, I bet it's pretty good. It's a good target for some of you. I'm gonna live a long time and my life's gonna go really well. How are you gonna do it? I'm gonna honor my mother, I'm gonna honor my father. Ooh, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, time out. Y you, you need me to honor my mother and father. Well, Paul makes it really clear to honor your father and mother when they do something honorable. When they're worthy of honor, you honor them. That's not in here. Hold on. Honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Okay, it's the first commandment with a promise. So that it will go well with you that your fathers don't. That's hard. You don't know my father. You don't know my mother. It's an unqualified command and an unqualified promise, meaning, <laughs> well, it's an unqualified command, meaning there's no qualifications to it. You're supposed to do it. <laughs> Why do we honor, let's talk, it's Father's Day. Why do we honor our fathers even though they may have done something dishonorable? We honor our fathers because of the position that they hold as fathers. Well, my father didn't hold that position. Okay, go back to the start. How did you get here? You got here through someone. That's a father. You may not have even known that father, but because he gave you life and you're breathing today, you can honor him for that. It just reduce it down to the irreducible minimal nothings. If you're alive, a father gave you life. You weren't aborted. He had to have been a part of it somehow, some way. 
I'm going to honor that. Why? Because it's going to go well with me. And I'm going to live a long time. This actually sets you free from being a victim to what they've done. Uh, to honor them, is to, it's not that you're, uh, ooh, I feel this. It's not that you're just like, it's not flattery. It's not just kind of like sentimental. You're, you're seeing the position of fatherhood that the Father in heaven carries and that this Father is supposed to hold in your life. Now let's say that they are so far from your heavenly father. Well, one of the ways that you can honor them is to forgive them for how they didn't measure up, but you are now no longer dependent upon what they did or didn't give you, what they did to you, what they didn't do to you. You're forgiving them and you're removing their impact from you actually seeing the father. That's a way you can honor your father. This is really healing for some because we've been victims of men that held this title in our lives. And as you forgive, as you honor, honor them for who they're not. Honor them for who they are. Like, it's not just this religious thing. It's like, Lord, give me your eyes by the power of the Holy Spirit to honor this person that was created in your image, albeit it's twisted, albeit they've missed the mark, Lord, because you're in me and you created them, give me the ability to honor them because you've commanded it. Like wrestle it out. Honor them before the Lord. Why? Because it will go well with you and you'll live a long life. And you won't be a victim any longer because you, like, I don't want your earthly father to overshadow your heavenly father. Your heavenly father, James 1.17, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights in whom there's no variation and shifting of shadow. Meaning he's pure through and through. He's perfect. And as you honor your earthly father, it will position you to see your heavenly father. And here's one of the things too, is that, is that, do you know one of the deepest needs of a man, like the makeup of a man, it is like oxygen to his soul is respect and honor. Like w women need love. That's their greatest mega need, but the mega need for men is honor. It's respect. We don't need criticism. That's like kryptonite to our soul, man. Shut us down, start pointing fingers and accusing us. But you want to open us up, respect, honor. Uh, what's the point? Is that it's so amazing to me, it's twofold, that as I begin to honor my father, it can awaken something in him that he was designed to receive and it could motivate him to change. Are you with me? 
Uh, this is great marriage advice too. If you honor your spouse, your husband, like Larissa, it, it's like she has these powers over me when she starts honoring me. It's like I can do some pretty dishonorable things and we're in a tiff, you know, and I'm like, I'm like lawyering up on the inside. I'm like, I'm ready. And then she will come in and she will come in the place of honor and submit. And I am like undone. I'm like, and it just breaks me. I mean, I'm like putty in her hands. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm the worst. And I just like, why? Because I'm designed to receive honor and respect. And when she does that, even when I do disrespectful and dishonorable things, when she postures her heart in that way as a spouse, man, it triggers something in me. Dads are designed the same way. They were designed to receive. So let, let me just give you four things that, that if you're a dad in the room, that you're, you're called, uh, their roles that you play. And, and I feel like there's not a ton of dads in the room, but I feel like there's a ton that need to understand the dad that they have because these are roles not only we're called to play as earthly fathers, but roles our heavenly father plays. I just got like five minutes if you can hang on. I know that we've been going a bit, but can I just give you these four things really quickly? If this is blessing you, would you just raise your right hand? Okay, good. All right, the first one. The first role that a father was intended to give you is protection. Protection. Where's Aaron? Um, you just had little Rosie, all right? Now, tell me, we, did, we hadn't talked about this, but when you're, you're like, okay, so Sarah Beth takes care of Rosie most of the night. You know, you're trying to, the nurture thing. They're doing like skin-to-skin -skin contacts and all that stuff. And so you're just kind of hanging out in the room and you're like, you know, you kind of hold it, you can change a diaper, but then mom keeps, keeps getting baby. That's how it was for me. I don't know if it was that way for you. But then it comes, it's time to leave. And so mom's in the wheelchair, you're pushing, holding baby, and you go to the car, and what's in the car? The car seat. The car seat. Now, that may mean nothing to you if you haven't had a kid, but the car seat is the most important thing for the dad to have taken care of when mom and baby come out of that hospital. You don't want to be like car seats. It takes an algorithm and a degree to put a car seat into the back seat of a car. Am I right? It's hard. So, but you've been working for weeks at getting the car seat in and then here's the baby and it's your shining moment because you're the protector and defender of this little life force that God has given you that you don't know how to fully connect with yet, like mom, but you got a car seat. I'm telling you, it awakens this protector inside of you. You put that baby in, you strap and you're checking it all out. You sit mom in and then you get in the car and you are the grand protector of all that is inside the car. You're going to go the speed limit. You're going to be mad at people that are passing you. You better make sure people use blinkers. Like you are hyper aware that I have a new life source. Why? Because one of the things that awakens inside of a young father specifically is a protector. We were designed to protect. We were designed to do it. We, we make cribs. You go home, that's the next phase. Crib, baby, dad, made crib. We're putting new life in crib that I made. Crib better be safe. 
crib better work. Baby better be breathing in crib. If not, it's dad's fault. So you put the baby down, put mom to sleep. And about every five minutes, you're just going, yep, she's breathing. Yep. She's breathing. Why? Cause you're the protector. That's how that thing works for those that haven't had kids, especially men. And so men, we protect our homes. We protect, I protect my girls emotionally. I protect what they watch. I protect what their little ears hear and eyes see. I, as a dad, I am so aware that it is my role as the protector of my girls' hearts specifically. I'm going to win their hearts. I've won one of them and I'm close to winning the second one. Why am I going to win their hearts? Because one day I'm going to give their hearts to a man a long, 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 long time from now. But I know my role is to protect her heart as a father. I am going to date my daughter. I am going to show her what it means to be pursued. I'm going to show her what it means to have a daddy who is pouring into her precious heart so that she's full. That's one of the ways I can protect my daughters. And I'm sorry if, and I will probably fall short of that. Like I am saying all this like tongue in cheek. It is such a hard thing in real life. So don't think, man, Miller's this awesome dad. I'm an aspiring awesome dad. And I'm sure that many of you had aspiring awesome dads too. But one of the roles of a father is he's called to protect. Psalms 512, it says, surely you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. God promises to protect you. The next one is provision. We're called to provide. We provide food, clothing. I say it all the time. Who put food on this table? I did. Who put clothing on your back? I did. You better respect me because I'm your father. So uh, you hear that a lot. But provision's important. I think, I think the role of a father is to provide, but it's not just monetary things. It's not just food and clothing. You provide uh, affections. I think, I think the male affectionate nurture side, man, men have been passive for too long in this category. I think one of the things we've got to provide uh, is is affection. I think another thing, and this is a good thing for fathers, but you provide rituals, you provide traditions, you provide rhythms of life for your family. I enforce those. Every Thursday night, we're having Shabbat dinner at the Miller household. Every summer, we're going to go to Nina's Lake House July 4th. There's just certain things that are staples in my kids because I want to build memories and traditions and rituals. It's what the Father in heaven has given to us as his people with Passover and Pentecost and Shabbats and all that. We're going to talk about Shabbat in August, but I'm convicted. We got to get back into some of these rhythms that the father in heaven has given us so that we can experience life together. So one of the things is father's provision. The third thing, one of the things uh, that the father provides is a presence or, or that he's present, that he's not checked out, but he's active and he's aware he's fully there. When we come home, it's not a time to check out. It's a time to check in. Passivity of fathers. We need the presence of spiritual leadership. We need to be the priests of our homes. We need to pray for our kids. We need to pray with our kids because we're present with them. I think it's so, so crucial. Uh, The fourth thing I'm going to land here is praise. You were designed to receive praise from a father. You were designed to receive verbal affirmation from a father. My favorite thing is just to kiss my kids and tell them I love them. Now they're tired of hearing it. I'm not tired of saying it because it's true. I'm proud of them. I'm so glad that they're mine. I'm thankful. 
I love them. I think they're beautiful. I'm honored to be your dad. They hear this from me all the time. We need to praise our kids. We need to praise our spouse. We need to create homes of praise. I said this morning, I was watching a TED Talk on uh, a man that runs a teen pregnancy center in Reno, Nevada. I had written these down. I'd laid these out and I was listening to him talk about women that he works with in the teen pregnancy center. And he mentioned all four of these needs in women's lives. He said, protection, provision, presence, and praise. But he said this, this was the convicting thing. He said he's also interviewed a lot of pimps in Reno and he works in Vegas as well, but they've done just a lot with women that have been uh, trafficked and have been a part of uh, prostitution rings and those types of things. And one of the allures for women to come under a pimp and to come under their control is that they provide these four things. They provide protection. They provide provision for them. They provide someone that's present and involved in their lives. And then they also provide praise. They find a daddy wound and they capitalize on it. And here's the beauty about your father in heaven is that he provides all four of these perfectly in any and every way you will need it. He is the ever protector and defender. He's the good father who is a provider, Jehovah Jireh. He is ever present, which is why we wrote it on his wall. His presence can transform your lives. He sings over you with praises. He adores you with promises. He's perfect. And so here's what I want to do tonight. I'm closing. I would love for you, whether you have the ability to call your father or not, whether you're talking to him, whether he's alive or dead, I would like you to take in this environment the next 60, actually we'll do two minutes and get your phone out. And I want you to write a short blessing to your father, your earthly father. And it might just be real honest, filled with pain and whatever else. But I want you to begin a dialogue with the Lord who is present to begin to honor and bless your earthly father. It may just be a letter that no one else sees, but figure out a way somehow you can bless your earthly father because I believe it's gonna have spiritual ramifications tonight. As hard and as challenging as this may be. Take two minutes. My clock says 7.09. We'll go till 7.11 and I'm gonna ask one wife in the room to come up very soon and to honor their husbands so that we can model that before us. Thank you, Jalen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mercies, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you are a gracious father, compassionate, loving, forgiving, kind, and good. 
It's the ministry of reconciliation. Just say happy Father's Day to you, Lord. And may we, Lord, no longer be victims, but overcomers. This morning we lined up a bunch of kids and moms, wives to honor uh, dads. Tonight, I'm just gonna do one. And I don't think he's aware that he's about to be honored. There he is. Would you stand on that chair right there? This is Johnny Jimenez. Everyone say, what's up, Johnny? No, 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 stand on the chair. Yeah, we're gonna honor you. He's the father of two. Lua and Leon. Lua's two. Leon is like two months. And you're a great father, bud. And this is Sarah. This is his wife. But I asked Sarah if she would honor Johnny as a father today. Just to model this before y'all. So. Oh, my son. Okay. Well, now I'm all like, good, mushy. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Johnny. Um, I wrote it down because Miller only gave us 60 seconds. But I wanted to say 60 seconds okay, is not enough to describe the man or the father that you are. But here we go. You are a man of purity, integrity. You are kind, honest, and selfless. You are a strong leader and one who chooses to see the best in others. Your, pa your, pa your patience and kindness has changed who I am. And our closest friends would, are witness of it and would testify. Thank you for loving me and our children in such a way that inspires me to be a better person and to grow closer to Jesus. Johnny, here are a few things that I'm really thankful that I was thinking about today. Thank you for waking up at 5.40 every day to, to work hard to provide for our family. No matter how tired you were or if you're up all night with Lua, our two-year-old, our one-month-old. Thank you for getting up at night when I I'm thirsty, even if it's 1 a.m. or 3 a.m. or if I'm cold, you get socks and put them on my feet and you bring me a glass of water at night. Thank you for letting Lua walk out of the house with a bed head and two different pairs of shoes with only one sock, which drives me crazy. Um, but you let her choose and you let her get ready because you value self-expression and creativity and you let people be who they are and celebrate their differences and authenticity. It's a side of God I believe you have tapped into and I learn from every day and it kills my controlling spirit. Thank you for leading us in this life of adventure and full of joyful risk. This shows me how unafraid of the future are because you truly trust the Lord and our kids are going to grow up to see that. You are an incredible father. You are the first name my two-year-old calls out in the morning when she wakes up and when she wakes up from a nap. Daddy, daddy. She watched Peppa Pig too much. <laughs> um, you are an amazing husband and we are so blessed to have you. I love you with all my heart and I'm so proud to call you my baby daddy. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Johnny. I love you. daddy is that fair game for everyone from now on baby daddy um, 
Johnny's amazing. He is uh, just a remarkable young man, remarkable young father. Um, I, I just want us to bow before our Father in heaven real quick. And uh, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to reconcile your heart uh, to the heart of the Father. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so, Father, where, where we're disconnected from the power of this word, Father, a father is one who relates to his children. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would reconcile and line up where we weren't protected, where we weren't protected by our earthly father, where we were hurt by them. We invite you into that place for you are a protector. Say, come Holy Spirit where our Father wasn't a provider. Where they weren't available. They weren't present. Lord, you are. I just release the Father's blessing tonight over those that feel like they've been living under the Father's curse. We just declare that you are living under the Father's blessing, that the Father has lavished you with love, and that it's sufficient to fill every nook and cranny, every crevice, every area where there's been a void because of an earthly father. We declare tonight, Jesus, that you have taken us to the perfect Father, our Father who art in heaven, our Father, whom we bow before tonight. We love you. We honor you, Jesus. I pray that those that need deliverance would receive it. Where the Father of lies has penetrated our hearts, Lord, would you uproot those lies? We are your sheep. We know your voice. And so... Just say, come Holy Spirit tonight. We have a ministry team. I'm going to invite them up. If you need prayer um, at all, it's awesome. These guys are dangerous in the spirit. So these guys can receive you. Would you be standing with me? If we can pray for you any way, shape, or form. I really encourage you, if you can, to read that blessing over your father. Hey, dad, I was at church and they told me to write a blessing. Um, if not, just go to your car and if you can repeat it out loud, just to say a blessing to get your heart freed. If you need prayer, here we go. There's a connect table out there. Um, we'll be praying this week. Thank you for coming to the upper room. We love you. God bless.